Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically. We're back again uh, with another review. And I gotta say, we got a good one here. This, this, I was a little worried going in. So I got this one. I ordered, uh, so anyway, this week's movie is called The Skin Game. And it came out in 1931. And I, I ordered this one on, uh, I guess, second movie I've had to pay for. I ordered it on Google Play. Not that I spend, want to spend too much time pointing out Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Uh, but this was sitting at a 38%. And so uh, Juno and the Paycock was a lot lower, but I was a little worried we were in for a boring snooze fest uh, of a movie. But uh, it was anything but. It, this is a pretty good one. Uh, so we've got a lot of people who uh, in this movie who I'd never seen before in any previous film, and I doubt we will. Uh, but we have a lot. Uh, so this opening of this movie is on a farm. Now, there's a lot of what I would call stock footage in these scenes that rem look scarily like this, the stock footage that was in The Farmer's Wife. I'm pretty sure they just cut and paste. But it's brief moments at best. And there are a couple like minor scenes in the beginning that don't really hold much with the plot. Like some guy has sheep in the road and there's a guy honking at the sheep for several minutes. And then the guy gets out and argues with the guy who owns the sheep. None of this ever comes back at all. And maybe it's some sort of, you tell me, is it, is it two men arguing over the sheep who are innocent? And maybe that's foreshadowing for what's to come. Probably not. I'm overthinking it. Uh, so this movie starts off with uh, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Hornblower. He is at the Jackman's house and the Jackman's live on a small cottage on a piece of property that is owned by Mr. Hornblower. Mr. Hornblower is informing them that they are being evicted uh, for no other reason than that he's about to buy a factory or, or another big piece of land and build a factory on this land that he owns. Uh, it was the understanding of the tenants, the Jackmans, that when the land was sold by Mr. Hillcrest, who we will meet later, to Mr. Hornblower, that they would allow be allowed to stay. And, but basically Mr. Hornblower's like, no, I, there's too much money to be made on this property. Like, he's going to buy the property knowing that he can't kick them out, and now he wants to... Anyway, so the, the Jackmans go to Mr. Hillcrest, who used to be the owner of this property, and says, Hey, you, I remember you said it was under the understanding when you sold this property that they would not be evicted. And Mr. Hillcrest confirms it. That should be the case. One of the things they keep saying in this movie over and over is that the Jackmans have been tenants there for 30 years. And the hillcrests have been around forever too like my father's land and blah 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 but why'd you sell it then if it's you know if the land meant that much to you why are you selling it so clearly the hillcrests are actually a wealthy family hillcrest's plan now to keep the jackmans from being evicted is to invite mr hornblower over and kind of talk him out of it well mr hornblower is not having it uh, so there's some veiled threats that get thrown around and uh, he finds out that Mr. Hornblower wants to buy another piece of property called the Century, which would allow him to put all kinds of 
smokestacks and factories nearby and essentially ruin Mr. Hillcrest's view. Uh, smoke, they literally say the smoke will pass over his house at one point. And so it starts off where Mr. Hillcrest is like, hey, I want to keep these people from being evicted. But this, I think, is the real problem is that Mr. Hillcrest doesn't want his view ruined. This movie is going to break down to a war between billionaires. Now, granted, they're not billionaires in this movie. They, they're going to buy a piece of property here, and they talk about thousands of pounds. Uh, now, I don't know what inflation looks like, uh, and so these are maybe middle-upper class. I don't know. I don't know economics. Stop asking me about economics. Anyway... Uh, Mr. Hornblower says his son Charlie is down buying the century as they speak. Well, they have, the the Hillcrests have a friend named Mr. Hawk Docker, D-A-W-K-E-R, who they send and he's able to stop the sale from happening and he convinces the owner to sell it in an auction. And so we're going to cut to this auction now. We're going to essentially have the Hillcrests and the, was, they're both names start with H. The Hillcrests and the Hornblowers are going to get in a bidding war over this piece of property. And so this is where we start to meet more of the cast. Uh, Mr. Hornblower has uh, three, two, has two sons, Charlie and Raffle. They call him Rolf, but it's Rol R-O-L-F, Rolf. Like the dog from the Muppets. And then Charlie. So Charlie is married to a woman named Chloe. And Jill sees Chloe. Now, Drill, I should say, is the daughter of the Hillcrest, their only child, uh, who also lives on the property. So they're going to the um, to the auction. And Chloe sees the Hillcrest coming. And she gets the cold shoulder, shoulder from Mrs. Hillcrest. Uh the matriarch of this family and she does not play games this mrs hillcrest she is the ruthless one of really everyone in this movie and she will stop at nothing to keep them from like ruining the land that they no longer own well chloe now remember <laughs> there's a lot of names here so remember Chloe, oh, I forgot to say before this, they talk about the skin game, right? That's the name of the movie, the skin game. And uh, it's a line that Mr. Hornblower brings up, uh, or maybe it was Hillcrest. Anyway, they're playing the skin game is what they're calling this battle over this land. And uh, they keep repeating it. So Chloe at this auction sees a man in the crowd and she gets like tunnel vision and faces are flashing up to her and she gets headaches and starts to faint. And um, Jill sees this and wants to help her. But Mrs. Hillcrest is like, don't help them. Uh, anyway, like this is like a um, Hatfield and McCoy's feud between two families that starts here. Uh, so the auction's about to get started. And I think this scene is supposed to be now this scene takes forever. The auction takes forever. And I think the scene was meant to be comedic because the auctioner just kept coughing all the time. And then he'd say one thing like, hey, I'm not going to waste your time talking about the property. And then he spends like five minutes of the movie talking about the property right afterwards. Now, Jim, 
Have anyone property to sell? That uh, very desirable corn and stock rearing and, uh, and park-like residential land known as the uh, Sentry Deep Order. <laughs> Uh, and then they have a guy read something about the property and he's so quiet that no one can hear him. I guess that's humor. Is that humor? I don't, I, I, I could be wrong. It just seems like a weird choice. So this movie was an hour and 20 minutes. It probably could have been an hour. This auction scene goes on and on. You see about 50 bids and between the bids, not all of them, but between a lot of the bids, the, the auctioneer starts banging his gavel. Now, come on, gentlemen, come along. We're not beaten. 5,900 5, and 6,000. 6,000 bid. 6,000 for 6,000. The sentry, finest spot in the county. 6,000. Going for the low price of <coughs> 6,000. Come, gentlemen. We haven't dried up. A little spirit. 6,000 for 6,000. For 6,000 pounds. Very well. I'm selling. We've... And what you hear there at the end of that auction is uh, Mr. Hornblower also bidding up above 6,000. So we get a 6,100 at the end of that. So I imagine we start at 6,000. You hear that long portion of him trying to get more money. He's about to close. Then someone chimes in at 6,100. This happens several times and it keeps going and they end up selling the property for 9,500. Can you imagine? It might've been 9,000, but think of all the stops and starts in this movie where that happens over and over. This auction scene does not end. It could have been so much shorter, but alas, uh, this is what we're looking at. Anyway, the, the person who wins this is some random bidder in the back of the room. Uh, it breaks down mostly to just being Mr. Hillcrest and Mr. Hornblower until the very end, where one guy in the back of the room gets the winning boat, vote for 9500 Turns out that guy works for Mr. Hornblower. Uh, so he had his own little spy there but mr hornblower is still angry at uh the hill crest for making him pay so much for this property that was worth maybe four thousand at best according to him he threatens to get revenge and now that he owns the property is going to ruin their lives so mrs Hillcrest says you just sit right here i'll be right back so it turns out remember i said there was a guy there that chloe who was married to charlie who is the son of the Mr. Hornblower keeping track of all this great is she saw that guy. Well, that guy knows this guy Docker who is friends of the Hillcrest family and they have some dirt on Chloe. They don't say it on screen here. At least they do later, but you find out that they're now going to blackmail Mr. Hornblower. Okay. I think we're all on the same page here. Good, great, grand. Uh, one of the things the investigator, uh, this, I guess it's like a private investigator that Mr. Gawker, Docker, I keep calling him Gawker, Docker has hired. Uh, they have a conversation on screen to give you a hint that there's something unsavory 
in Chloe's past. He says her name used to be and then is cut off by Mr. Hillcrest. Now, this movie tries to play Mr. Hillcrest as the good guy. He's just the one of the less worse people. He's still a, a rich man playing with poor people. Um, but he's on the side of the Jackmans who live on the property. Anyway, so now that they have this dirt, Mr. Hillcrest writes a note to Mr. Hornblower saying, I have dirt on her. Mr. Hornblower goes and talks to Chloe and says, it's not true. And he believes her. Uh, he's like, oh, okay. They're just going to make up dirt, which makes sense because obviously they would. They're this feuding family. There's a scene now where Chloe and her husband, Charlie, are talking and he, she's basically saying, you wouldn't believe anything that's said about me, would you? And he's like, oh, you're worried about the Hillcrest? They're going to make up stuff. I'm not worried about it. She lets him know that she's pregnant. Okay. So Charlie's really happy. Things are going great. But then Charlie goes on a monologue about how he's going to get revenge on the Hillcrest family. This is, it's becoming quite the bitter feud because the Hillcrests are mad that they had to pay so much, or not the Hillcrest, the Hornblowers are mad that they had to pay so much for the property that they're trying to be blocked at every angle by the Hillcrest. So I'm thinking that this may be, I don't know, if he, I was going to say, I think maybe it's a long running uh, feud, but if he sold the property to Mr. Hornblower in the first place, they were probably at least on somewhat good terms. Uh, but Chloe's like, can you just talk to them and get this feud, get your dad to call off the feud? Just, it's not worth it. Mostly she's just trying to cover herself because she doesn't want her background to come out. Uh, but Charlie's not having it. He's as ruthless as his dad. Now, there's a second letter that's sent, this time by Mrs. Hillcrest. And like I said, she's the most ruthless of the two, between Mr. and Mrs. Hillcrest. And she doesn't even tell her husband about it, just gets Gawker, uh, Docker, I'm just going to call him Gawker, whatever, I'm done correcting myself, but gets Docker to bring, again, this guy's not related, he's like a friend of the family, but he's like hired muscle almost, draws up papers to have the century property sold to the Hillcrest, which would block them from building on the Meadowland property that they had sold previously. And I've just confused myself as to what's really happening. Anyway, they drop papers for the land to be sold at 4,500. I think it was uh, a much lower price than the 9,000 that they paid. Because I think originally the owner just wanted 4500 and was going to get that from Mr. Hornblower until the, they went to auction and the price got raised up. So they say, yeah, we'll buy the property, but we're going to buy it at retail price. Docker has like these private eyes and maybe a witness or someone who's actually has firsthand knowledge of Chloe's past. Mr. Hornblower comes into the Hillcrest room where it's just Gawker and Mrs. Hillcrest. And they let him know that, hey, Mr. Hillcrest doesn't know anything about this. But your daughter-in-law is a lady of the night, if you catch my meaning. Okay. They describe, uh, she's a sex worker. Okay. Now, they describe it different. <laughs> they describe it as a woman who goes with a man to get him a divorce. I don't know what that means, but it sounds to me based on other context clues within this movie that 
she was a sex worker. Uh, she denies it. And eventually this like private eye comes in and he has like her record books of all the people she's met at various hotels. Again, hotels, you don't go to a hotel to get a man a divorce. And again, in the scene, they bring up, um, divorce court. Now, if you remember back to the episode, easy virtue, divorces where they go to court in the thirties in the UK. And I think that's still the case here. So I'm wondering if she had adultery with the guys so they could get divorced. I don't know how it works, but she was part of that, I guess. But still like apparently to get a divorce, it's quite a struggle in 1931 in the UK. So she's found out and she just starts saying, Hey, don't tell Charlie, don't tell Charlie her husband. Cause she doesn't want him to find out. Well, Mr. Hornblower also knows now the scene almost plays up. Like he's got, like he feels sorry for her. And I think he does to a degree, but it's more that his own reputation is at stake. And so he's willing to do business with the Hillcrest and they say, well, sell us the property at 45,000 pounds. And we will not tell anyone about this uh, secret. He agrees, but then he makes them swear on a Bible. He really, because all he can really get is their word. So he makes them swear on a Bible. And essentially the deal is as long as the hornblowers don't do harm to the hill crest, we will keep your secret. That kind of gets repeated a few times. Uh, from this scene, we see Chloe actually kind of start spying on the Hillcrest at their house and Jill's there with her dad. And they're talking about the scandal that's kind of going around now um, about they knew. So Mr. Hillcrest knows all the details. I don't think Jill quite does, but he says that she was into some scandalous things and Chloe's outside their window listening and she gets found out that she's there. So Jill brings her in to the, den area where they're talking and she tells them her background that you know she was doing these things to make money and she met charlie and she fell in love and he didn't she didn't want to tell him the truth because he looked at her so fondly they said basically she's come to the hillcrest now to say can you make up something let's come up with a story that will throw him off the scent and i can keep my husband they come up with the story that she worked somewhere and there was like money stolen and she was under suspicion. Well, Charlie busts in the room and there's just, they keep cutting back to the door of this den that Jill had locked. Like someone's listening on the other side, but that doesn't really happen, but it's kind of making you think it's happening. Well, Charlie comes in, says, Hey, where's my wife? I know she was here. And the Hillcrest is like, Nope, she's not here. He's like, I know she was. And anyway, they spilled the beans because apparently Charlie found out by being like wrestling around with Docker and Docker to get him to stop being beaten up by Charlie told him the secret, right? And now the secret is actually kind of going around town. So, okay. So they paid Hornblower, keep up for the property. No. Hornblower pray, horn. Yes, they paid. I'm working on it. They paid Hornblower for the property for a less amount, with the promise of never spilling the beans. Well, the beans have been spilled by 
stalker who is not part of the family. So now, guess who comes calling? Mr. Hornblower. He's like, hey, what's the deal here? I need the deed back because you said you weren't going to tell. Well, while Charlie is there, they're like, he's like, where's my wife? So Jill opens the curtains where Chloe was supposed to be hiding and she's gone. They go looking for her, them being Mr. Hillcrest and Jill. Keep up with me. I'm trying. Okay. Whew. They go looking. While they're looking, Gawker and Mr. Hornblower get in the third worst fight I've ever seen in movie. Maybe the second. The first being the one from downhill. While they're having the worst fight ever, they cut outside and you see that Jill, Charlie, and Mr. Hillcrest are pulling Chloe's body out of Mr. Hillcrest's pool. Charlie walks in with his wife in his arms. She's unconscious. We're not sure if she's passed, uh, but they offer to help Charlie and the Hornblowers want no help from the Hillcrests anymore. And Rolf helps uh, his brother move his wife to the car. And then we get this scene between Mr. Hornblower and Mr. Hillcrest. Hillcrest, you've got me beaten and disgraced hereabouts. You've ruined my son's married life and you've killed my grandchild. I'm not staying in this cursed spot. But if ever I can do you or yours hurt, I will. Hornblower, in the presence of what may be death, with all my heart, I'm sorry. You hypocrite. After that scene, uh, Mr. Hillcrest goes to sit down and you can see Mrs. Hillcrest can tell she's messed up. And she's not sure how her husband feels about her. And uh, the... <laughs> There's one thing about this movie. They say the title of the movie several times, The Skin Game, which is this game between Mr. Hillcrest and Hornblower. And, and we get this final scene of the Jackmans coming in to thank Mr. Hillcrest for saving their property. If you remember, the Jackmans were the people at the beginning of the movie who were being evicted by Mr. Hornblower and the whole reason that Mr. Hillcrest started this feud. Who? What's this? Uh, we're so glad we can go along back, sir. Ma'am, we, we wanted to thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you kindly. Good night, sir. Good night, ma'am. Good night, sir. forgotten their existence. What is it that gets loose when you start a fight and makes you what you think you are not? Begin as you may, 
It ends in this skin game. Skin game. When we began this fight, we'd clean hands. Are they clean now? What's gentility worth if it can't stand fire? And that, my friends, is the skin game. I, I actually enjoyed this movie. I thought the last 20 minutes of it were pretty good. I think that the story does a great job of showing that the people who really got hurt. So like the, 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 okay. You remember I said at the beginning, they kind of shown Mr. Hillcrest as the good guy and yet he wins, but does he really, you know, the, what was the cost? And I think the movie did a great job of showing that. And I thought it was such a smart thing to have the Jackmans come in great. Like, so one thing you can't, see with the audio is how giddy they are and thankful they are to come home and they're talking to the Hillcrest and they are stoic they don't say a word while the Jackmans are there that's what you heard was they don't say anything and the Jackmans leave and go home I thought this was a pretty good movie I think it's a little long in the tooth in places which is definitely the case with so all of the movies so far none of them are just like cut like cut well like there's always excess fat but this one was a pretty good story uh so i have to uh do like i do with the movies that i like and compare them and currently the hitchcock chronological champion is the manix man um which i enjoyed thoroughly because i uh was probably insane and but i still it was definitely the best of his silent era movies so the question is is the skin game better i think so i think it is i think the intrigue was there there was mystery uh there were characters that i cared about and knew their motivations whether i liked them or not i think they did a great job of establishing that mr hillcrest was just trying to do what's right and he lost sight of it. And, um, you know, like, it's just well done. Like, it, it's kind of this Hatfield and McCoy story told very well. Um, it does suffer from what a lot of these older movies are. Is like the dialogue's still kind of hard to hear. I still have to have my uh, closed captioning on uh, to, to track what's actually being said. Especially, like, Jill talks really fast. So, it's not perfect. And there's like that auction scene just was so long and unnecessary. It could have been a lot shorter. Um, but I think it's good. I think, I think it's worth a watch. That's the strongest I can give you. It's not amazing or great, but of these Hitchcock movies I've watched this one, eh, not bad. I give it a not bad out of three. So our next movie has two titles again. Remember Downhill was also called When Boys Leave Town. So I'm not sure where they get this from. But the original title of the movie is called Rich and Strange. But on IMDb it's listed as East of Shanghai. So I'm going to call it Rich and Strange because that's what it looks like. I see that's how it's credited everywhere else. 
so that's going to be our next movie. It's again from 1931. I hope you'll join me. I think we're on the upswing now. I think we kind of we got another good one in the books, and hopefully, uh, Rich and Strange will be good. It has a much better Rotten Tomato score than uh, the Skin Game did. So here's hoping. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me in the Budget Arcade Discord. That link will be in the description, along with my email address, which is Hitchcock Chronologically at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>